in this second session on Ephesians 4, 25 to 29, I simply want to underline with as much force from the Bible as I can that Christians put away all falsehood and speak truth. with each other. Now, this, of course, has implications for speaking truth to the world and to our adversaries, but that's not the focus here. The focus here is speaking with each other, because the argument is because we're members of one another. Now, that argument for we are members of one another, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. That argument, that ground clause is full of implications, and I'm going to save that for its own session next time. And I, this time, I simply want to stress how central it is for Christians to speak the truth. And I mean, be, be people who are so saturated with integrity and truth-speaking that the uh, temptations of spin and twisting of the truth and coloring the truth and bending the truth, which happens so amazingly frequently in our age because we all have access to all kinds of media in which we ourselves can become pontificators on all kinds of things, and it's so easy to slip into twisting the truth or covering the truth or exaggerating the truth. And everything about that is contrary to Christianity. And I just want to underline that here. So, Father, make us, make me, make those who are listening and watching lovers of integrity, lovers of truth, never trying to hide or conceal or twist or spin in in order to put ourselves in a better light or to demean others in an illegitimate way. Oh, God, help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the way I'll do it. Let's just trace out in Ephesians, for starters, how central truth is for the Christian. Chapter 1, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel. The gospel is defined as the word of truth. If you don't love the truth, you don't love the gospel. If you love the gospel, you will love being a truthful person. God is speaking truth to the world when he speaks the gospel. If he were a liar, we would have no gospel, not of any confidence at all. The gospel of your salvation. Here's chapter 4, verse 15. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, Christ. The only way the church grows up is when the members speak truth in love to each other. You see how central this is for the church, which is where we're going in that argument in when he says we are members of one another, that means members of the church, members of the body of Christ. And he's saying here, in that body, speak truth to one another in love. That's the way we will grow up if you twist the truth, if you 
malign people and slander people and put people in a false light, we'll never grow. If we join the world in all of their unbelief in truth, I mean, the modern age, sometimes we use the word postmodern age, very few people stake their lives on the belief in absolute truth. Christians do. We do. Here's Ephesians 4.24, the one we've looked at so often. You didn't so learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. That's why learning from him, being taught by him, makes so much difference. So put off your old self, which is corrupt through deceitful desires. That's desires that don't tell the truth. These desires are based on deceit, not truth. Instead, put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Or, I think I mis miswrote that. This of the truth here is my translation of that word true. Either way, it's righteousness and holiness of the truth. Truth is what shapes our attitudes and desires and actions, not deceit because the truth is in Jesus. And while we're on this word deceit here, consider 2 Timothy 3, 12 to 13. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people, in order to avoid persecution, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You see the connection between being deceived here, desires of deceit. So our, our old self was a deceived self. Our whole identity, this self, was governed by these desires that were dictated by these deceptions. And what do people do when they are governed by deceptions? They deceive, right? deceiving and being deceived. If you're a deceived person, you're going to be a deceiving person. And so uh, Paul is saying, put away all deception. Put away all falsehood. And then one more text in Ephesians 6.14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, so part of the armor of God, the part that holds you together in the middle, keeps your breastplate, keeps all your keeps everything in places that belt of truth girded around you. So Ephesians is full of emphasis on Christians being truth-driven people. Oh, raise your children to die for the truth, never to lie to be people of utter, absolute integrity. Listen, I just love this description of Paul. This is the way I want to be so much in my leadership, in my teaching, in my being a husband, a father. We have renounced disgraceful, underhanded, twisting, spinning ways. We refuse to practice cunning to tamper with God's word and make it just fit the way we want to say it and 
not with any regard for what is really being intended in truth, but what's the alternative? By the open statement of the truth. Oh, praise God he was that way. Don't you want to be that way? By an open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Oh, to have a clear conscience when you go to bed at night, nobody will find you out because there's nothing to find out. Isn't that great? Everybody who kind of manipulates the truth, goes to bed at night fearing, oh, they're going to find out that I really didn't say what I should have said. Oh, to have a clear conscience and commend yourself to everyone's conscience in the sight of God that you are a speaker of the truth. Go back to Jesus. (laughs) Sermon on the Mount. Don't take an oath by your head. Do not take an oath by your head. Don't say, by my head, I'll do it. Or by my head, I said, by my head, I said that. No, no, no. Don't do that. For you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say, Christian, be yes. Somebody asks you, did you do it? Yes. Did you do it? No. (laughs) Not, by God, I didn't do it. No, you don't need to shout. Because you are, you are a person of absolute integrity. Your yes means yes. Your no means no. Anything more than this comes from evil. I think that means if you have to swear every time you say yes and every time you say no, you got an integrity problem. Here's the deepest issues. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? In other words, our God is a God of truth. He doesn't lie, so we don't lie. Or here's second, same thing in 2 Timothy 2. If we endure, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Why? Because he cannot. Talk about things the omnipotent God cannot do. He cannot deny himself. God cannot say, I am not great and tell the truth. God cannot truthfully say, I am weak. God cannot truthfully say, I have no grace. He cannot be false to himself. And so his people cannot be liars. Hebrews 6, 18, by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. And the two things referring back to are the promise and the the oath. We who have fled for refuge have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us because God doesn't lie. If God doesn't lie, we shouldn't lie. Therefore having put away all falsehood. Speak the truth, each with his neighbor. May God help us be people of the truth.